All right, Matthew chapter three, Del and Dad Talk Doctrine. I'm Dad. I'm Dad. Christian, always, sort of, never read the Bible, reading it for the first time. Here we go. So John the Baptist is, oh, <laughs> um, now preaching in the wilderness of Judea. That's how this chapter starts. Uh, why Judea? Specifically? Uh, Judea was where the nation of Israel had pretty much concentrated itself. Okay. Jerusalem was in that vicinity. And so that is all where the Jews were. It's, it's likely where he was from. He was definitely from there, and he was a wilderness dweller who was a madman who wore wild clothes and ate wild uh, food uh, as prophesied as a as a fulfillment of uh, Elijah, the prophet of the Old Testament, who wore camel hair coat and ate grasshoppers and everything. John came and he was kind of a fulfillment of that preparing the way for the Lord. And so uh, in distinction of the religious leaders, he was very rough. Yeah, I was gonna, one of my questions later was, John is described with raiment of camel's hair, leather girdle, locusts, wild honey. Yeah, does it demean he's a wild man? Yeah, he's, he's a, different from- He's a wild, he was a Nazarite. That's, mm-hmm. that's a specific call. There were three Nazarites, Jesus, not Nazarene, Nazarite. Mm-hmm. And they took a vow and there are two or three that took that vow from birth. Mm-hmm. Samuel, John. And that meant that they could never drink strong drink, they could never touch a dead thing, and they could never cut their hair or beard. And and so John was a Nazarite. He was a radical manifestation of physical obedience to God. And I'll, I won't do anything to defile me. Wow. Yeah, he, he is intense. Oh yeah, And so he's not afraid of the religious leaders at all. Wow. Yeah. Um, Wait, I didn't know he was a fulfillment of Elijah. He's kind of a, I wouldn't say a fulfillment, but I would say he's a picture of. Mm. You know, we have these illustrations in the Old Testament we read about, and we often find fulfillment of them in the New Testament. Often? Like yeah, many often. prophets kind of have a counterpart. Sometimes, John, well, John's really important, so yes. Oh, okay. Uh, the other ones that we'll meet in, not, not too much, okay. but Jesus is the type of, I mean, it's the fulfillment of the Old Testament type all through okay, the scripture. Right. All, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. This is, I think, the dumbest question I've ever asked. But is John the Baptist the same John as like writing the book of John? No, it's not a dumb question because everybody gets confused on it. Yeah. There's a John the Baptist who did not write anything. And then there's a John who's called the Beloved. And he's also called the Revelator. Okay. And he was a disciple of Jesus who did all the writing that we read. Okay, yeah. okay. John the Revelator. Yeah. Okay. So there's two different Johns. Okay. And John the Revelator does John 1, 2, 3. 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John. And the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of yeah. John. All right. And Revelation. Oh, right. That's why they call him the Revelator. John. Okay. And he was the one on Patmos. Yeah. That's not John the Baptist. No. Is John the Revelator as wild? No, John the Revelator, he was called the son of thunder, but he he's not anything. Nobody is like John the Baptist. Okay, okay. Yeah. But John the Revelator's banished. This is off topic, but why does he go to Patmos? Why is he exiled there? 
He's exiled there uh, because of his preaching and teaching. So oh, okay. yeah, that's way down the road. Association with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it's a long explanation. All right, all right. But just know this, rule of thumb, two Johns. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so what exactly? So then he said, he, John comes out and he is saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. First, what is the kingdom of heaven? There is a kingdom of God on earth. Uh, we can just call it the, uh, the kingdom of, the, of his children. And that was material. And it was through the nation of Israel only. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was headquartered in Jerusalem for part of the time, centralized in Judea. It had a temple. It had, uh, it had all these things. Okay. The kingdom of God, synonymous with the kingdom of heaven, Okay, John, uh, uh, Matthew's the only one who calls it the kingdom of heaven. Okay. The rest of them call it the kingdom of God, but they're oh, synonymous. Okay. Okay. And that is a spiritual kingdom that is coming once the former material kingdom is destroyed. Okay. What, and sorry, what did you say the former material kingdoms called to them? Just the kingdom? Yeah, it was just their kingdom. It was like the, the, the kingdom of the Jews. The kingdom, the children of Israel were part of a kingdom with a king named David, first king. and, okay. and, and, and like and actual Saul, king. Actual kings ah. sitting on thrones. Yeah. So they would refer to it as a kingdom too. Yeah. Like it's not just, yeah. okay. But when they say that kingdom, they're talking about a completely different kingdom. Kingdom of heaven, when they say that. Yeah. Kingdom yeah. of heaven, kingdom of God, completely okay. different. Okay. And he's, he's saying it's at hand. And it's clearly something that they need to be ready for. That He's warning them. But I, it confused me because it seems like the whole Jewish kingdom, material kingdom, is would have them ready basically right so why is it a warning that the kingdom of heaven is at hand okay in the uh, old testament the last book of the old testament is malachi mm -hmm. and malachi gives a prophecy in the fourth chapter that says behold the day is coming that things are going to burn okay. root and branch nothing will be less be left prepare yourselves to the great and dreadful day of the lord and so to a Jew, that was going to be some kind of a crazy threshing of everything mm -hmm. so that the kingdom of God could take place. Okay. But they thought it was going to be a kingdom of God here on earth. Okay. And that their Messiah was going to take the, the throne like David did, literal throne in Jerusalem and reign over that new kingdom that would come into place. They misidentified that by, because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven that John is warning about is spiritual and it is going to come spiritually to people, not with observation. It will be internal. It will not be externally observed. Okay. So they mistake John's message. They think, oh, it's time. Even Jesus' apostles said, when are you going to take the throne? You know, what will I be in your kingdom here? You know, how am I going to reign? And Jesus is like, you're, you're not getting it. They didn't get it most of his life. Okay. All right. So the kingdom of heaven is at hand, means it has not come yet. Right. Which means the birth of Jesus does not imply the kingdom of heaven. No. It's that his birth implies it's the age Close. for which it's coming and being introduced okay. is here 
the age is here and it's going to come and it's going to ultimately be bestowed upon heaven and earth at a future date. Right now it's at hand. Ingus means it's close. And the, and sorry, but the kingdom of heaven is actually, I never put this together, but it's at the return of Jesus. That's when the kingdom of heaven is fully put in place. Put in place. Yeah. So it's in the beginning of Matthew before Jesus even has the spirit come down on him yeah. that they're saying it's at hand. Yeah. I'm thinking it's like after Jesus is gone, they're like, it's at hand, it's at hand, it's at hand. No. It's before he even is, it's like at the start of his ministry, yeah. they're saying it's at hand. Yeah, that was, and that's John the Baptist preparing the way so that the people would repent and they would prepare themselves to receive him. So when the kingdom comes, they'll be saved to it. Wow. Yeah. Even more, that's like even more stunning that we would not think that it, it's been yeah. fulfilled. I know. Wow. That does change things for me a little bit. Good. Okay. So then he went to Jerusalem, Judea, Jordan. In Jordan, he baptized people. They confessed their sins to him. Some Pharisees and Sadducees came up to him. And I don't know what they are. The Jews had uh, different leaders. Uh, I should say sex. S-E-C-T-S. At dry mouth. The Jews had different sex. And of those sects, there were a group called the Essenes, which are never mentioned in the scripture, but they were a group. There were a group called the Pharisees and there was a group called the Sadducees. And they all were like the different groups, Baptists, Presbyterians, Mormons. I've no, I've like under, my assumption was that Pharisees and Sadducees, I don't know why I equate it with like, uh sodom and gomorrah <laughs> it's, it's just like, word, it's just word association <laughs> it's like bad vibes no, well it's bad because the sadducees <laughs> were kind of like the political christians today who care they're kind of like the right-wing republicans oh. uh who uh loved money and uh and mm-hmm. and and uh but uh, and then the Pharisees were those who took the law and enforced the law upon everybody else. And so we kind of have Pharisees in the faith today mm. who impose the law on everybody. Mm. And we have kind of Sadducees today, too. Well, there was a governing group called the Sanhedrin that was over all of the kingdom. Okay. Oh, okay. Over the kingdom. Civil governance, moral governance. The Sanhedrin was made of Sadducees and Pharisees. Mm. And they made all the decisions for that kingdom that was under the governmental thumb of Rome. Mm. So the Jews had a kingdom within that Roman kingdom. And they wanted to be emancipated from that. They wanted to be free. And so they believed their Messiah was going to free them from Roman occupation. Yeah, and was going to establish their kingdom on the earth where they would rule and reign. And Jesus' kingdom was very different. So, okay, Rome exists. They have a king to they all have Romans. A Kaiser. Yeah, to all Kaiser. Romans. Yeah. That all Romans, meaning some of them are Jewish, some of them aren't. Right. Those Jews, though, within the Roman kingdom have their own Sanhedrin. Yeah, and that governed their own culture. They're religiously, though. Religiously, but to them, religiously meant civilly, too. Okay. Yeah. And they didn't like being under Roman. No, because um, the Romans were, they, you know, they governed them and they would tax them uh, and they would do all sorts of things to them and they weren't free. 
also similar to Christians today who yeah. don't like being under. Wow, this is strange how it aligns. Oh yeah. That's why I believe without a justification, it's the living word and it gives us principles that are applicable. God is no dummy. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So then he asked them who warned them to flee from wrath to come. Right. With like surprise. Yeah. I didn't get the tone. Like, why did he ask that? The tone was, look at, you know, the true seekers are going to see the signs. They're going to know that Malachi said a great and dreadful day is coming. Mm-hmm. And that and and I've shown up here and I'm saying that day is getting close. It's at hand. The axe is laid at the root of the tree. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to fall apart here through a mass destruction. And but who warned you about this? How did you know this was the time? You know, did you believe the star in the sky that the Messiah was born? Who's warned you? It was kind of to me, John, because I think his personality was pretty acerbic, was kind of like why are you here? But John is the one t- yelling to the people, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So why does it surprise him that they showed up wanting? Because they are the religious leaders who are the reason Jesus came to correct all of their error and the terrible things that they were imposing upon the people. So it's like hypocritical to yeah. him that he would be like, that yeah. they would be interested in Jesus. Yeah. They, right. Okay. So it would be like, uh, let's say that I'm a, a secular anarchist and I'm preaching secular anarchy in this room and suddenly Donald Trump comes in. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, who told you to show up here? Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. 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 That makes sense to me. That was confusing. OK, so then. Um, but in the face of that, he's he does not or he like refutes that they will say we have Abraham as our father as justification Mm -hmm. and why he's, that seems like blasphemous or he uses the word blasphemous. I think, uh, why is that? The Jews and the, especially the religious leaders, the Pharisees, their claim to a relationship with God was their genealogy. It was that they came through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. So they thought by virtue of that line that they were God's chosen. And they didn't, you know. And John makes clear there and later on he says God can make these stones the children of Abraham. Yeah, he does say it right here. Okay. God is able to, of these stones to to raise raise up up children children. to Abraham. Yeah. So he's like... John is essentially saying your stupid tie to Abraham means nothing in terms of your right to God anymore. Mm. It used to be really important, Mm. really important. But now that that age is coming to an end, John clearly says there's something else coming and you need to have access to you become a son or daughter of God, not by blood, not by this way you've been relying on. It is going to be by your faith. And, but it was important. Super important. It was the reason that a Jew was a Jew is if they were tied to Abraham. Yes. I don't fully understand like how, when that, tra- did the transition into he could call a stone a child of Abraham? Mm-hmm. Did that transition happen because of like corruption in their demonstration of the law or fulfilling of the law i think it happened over time that they that they what they did is they said our genealogical ties to abraham are more important than our love okay yeah and so what 
what at the birth of Christ, it seems like that inaugurated uh, a dispensation to begin where John is now saying things are changing. Okay. You know, it's not just the blood ties anymore. So before the blood ties to Abraham were critical, but love was there and also critical. Yeah. It wasn't just the, and then it turned into just the Abraham. Yeah. You lose the love. Yeah. And now that's incorrect. And now it's become terrible. Okay. Yeah. I didn't really realize that love was such a hinging factor on the law. It's It's been central to everything about uh, what God does, but the, the law was uh, put in place for other reasons. Uh, and so, but love has always been central to everything God does. Hmm. It seems kind of, I mean, if the Jews can't tie themselves back to Abraham, how the hell does anyone think we can tie ourselves back to the fathers of Christianity, apostles, or like, isn't that the justification for some, like Catholicism and stuff is that they have roots in the fathers i don't see that i don't see that comparison uh holding water from what i see the jews tie to abraham was by blood tribe and that failed still if that was so critical and yet it still ends up being not a good argument by the end of their time so i does it make sense that it's even more ridiculous to claim that? Well, here's why it doesn't hold oh, water okay. for me. is because everybody who is God's still becomes a child of Abraham. Mm. You got to understand that connection to Abraham is vital. Why? Because Abraham is the father of faith. And Abraham walked by faith and mm. that model. And so what happens is they thought their tie to Abraham came by blood. Jesus coming is saying, no, it comes by faith. So when you believe or I believe, we're adopted into Abraham's line. And Paul teaches that we are true Israel versus those who just relied on bloodlines are not Israel at all. I was under the impression it was the opposite, that Israel is sort of done away with. It's done away with in the sense of the bloodlines, yeah. but it's not done away with spiritually. Yeah. By faith, you become a child of Abraham. We're, we're Jews by adoption. That's right. You could say that. That's why God told Abraham, you're going to have seed beyond numbers because we're going to, because more and more people are going to be adopted into his line. It's not just the seed literally, because that's not without numbers. I see. Get it? That makes sense. I yeah. didn't realize we were part, we like become a part of it. Yes, you're adopted into that family. Who's that family? People who walk by faith mm -hmm. because that's what Abraham did. And we just finished studying Abraham and his whole life was a walk of faith. And it makes the, the history and the thing that Jesus is fulfilling even more important. Like I've wondered at certain times, like why do we even need... If it's all done with and it's spiritual, whatever, like, why do we even need Bible, Old Testament, right. history, Jesus even? But it's like, because of that, we're now part of it. Yes. And it's still a thing. Yes. That we're part of. But it's not material. It's spiritual. I oh, see. good. You just gave a great insight as to why. Yes. It's like, not that everything's done. And it's not that everything's done and we don't even care anymore. Hands up. Right. It's that everything has been fulfilled yes the 
and the kingdom of heaven is a thing. Yes. There is a new Jerusalem. Yes. There's still ties to Judaism, but it, we're at the end of the story. Yeah. Where we're participating in it now. Right. Because we're able to. Yeah. Okay. Great, great connection. Okay. So then, then it goes, the king, he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and it's referring, then he refers to this fire that's about to come. John is supposedly helping people get to the point where they're part of a wheat that's harvested rather than chaff that's burned up in fire. Mm -hmm. And I'm under the assumption that that's when the presence of Jesus comes, that the wheat is harvested. No. The And the axe. Okay, wait, hold on. So kingdom of heaven, I akin to the fire, wheat, is being harvested and the axe is being laid at the root of the tree um, to sort of say that this kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. So sorry, when, when is the harvesting of the wheat, the burning of the chaff? Okay. Chaff? Yeah, chaff. Chaffing. (laughs) So at the end of of Revelation, when Malachi gives the prophecy of the great and dreadful, dreadful day, great and dreadful day, he talks about fire fire coming right and so now we come to the opening of matthew and math and john is saying hey the axe is laid at the root he talked about roots and branches in malachi Mm -hmm. he talked about fire and now he's talking about fire and he's saying look at the field of believers are gonna those who are truly crop truly wheat will be gathered and rescued Mm. but the chaff the weeds the remnant is going to be torched Mm. okay and so when most christians today think that is coming in our future by atomic warfare or god Mm. himself sending things to melt everything with fire okay and they say the first world was destroyed by water the second one will be by fire Mm. and they say he hasn't come because the world hasn't been destroyed by fire but when you read the account of the destruction of jerusalem fire is what did all kinds of stuff when the Romans mm. catapulted it into Jerusalem on big round balls and fire wiped them out. Literal fire. Literal fire, okay. yeah. So that is the imagery that is being painted here. It's coming, get ready for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So fire, I mean, I've always kind of associated that with like wheat being harvested as like but like even now that's dumb but even now like wheat being harvested is finding believers yeah and the chaff is burned up in the fire yeah. like the lake of fire so yeah. you know so is that a correct there's parables to that too okay so and he's literally talking about collecting yeah. wheat because there's a literal fire coming no he's talking about collecting believers Right, because right, right. The, that literal fire okay. is coming and it will burn up everybody else the, the chaff yeah the, the literal fire okay, okay the chaff right Okay. Well, and by the way, fire plays a really important role all through here because fire purifies mm-hmm. fire. And so fire is really symbolic all through scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every tree that brings forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Good, forth, good fruit is cast into the fire. Read that again. Every tree that bringeth no not for the good fruit. Woods, <laughs> and important when you read the scriptures. 
<laughs> Anyone who brings forth good fruit will be destroyed. <laughs> I baptize I you in water. He cometh. He that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He'll baptize you in Holy Spirit and in fire. Mm. But that, like, that doesn't seem like this literal fire that you're talking about. No, that's, about. that's not. That's yeah. the figure. Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I was maybe. And so then he says, um, he will thoroughly cleanse his threshing floor and he will mm -hmm. gather his wheat into the garner, but chaff he will burn up with unquenchable fire. Right. That's why I sort of like read it Wonder. as. Yeah not literal yeah What's yeah the word for not literal? figurative yeah okay okay so okay so and and the interesting thing just to harken back to it what does he say he says the time is at hand doesn't he when all of this stuff's gonna happen ingus it's close it's and it would hand. all happen within 40 years yeah it's at hand before jesus even yeah. gets baptized yeah. i seriously can't believe that i've I, this whole anytime I've heard you talk, he I'll hear him teach about it being at hand. And I'm thinking you're referring to like Revelation, where he's like, "It's at hand, it's at hand." No, like it's this is Matthew, the beginning of the first yeah. book in the New Testament. Yeah, at hand. And the thing that's important is that at hand is used for a while, and then he'll start to say shortly, uh, and then he'll say quickly. Uh, even throughout the New Testament, all the way down to Revelation. Wow. Yeah, so it's a it's an accelerated. Hey man, hey man. Yeah, that is. It's just crazy. Okay, so then Jesus comes, and which is crazy how he just shows up out of the blue. There's no context to that. No, they don't care. There. No. And Jesus is there. Um, I have no sense of what amount of time has passed, but John is surprised that Jesus asks him. John is surprised that Jesus asked him to baptize him. He thinks it should be the other way around. Jesus responds by saying, suffer it now. Yeah. Suffer it. Suffer it. It means do it. All right. Allow it. Like, suffer me to go to my father means allow me to go to my father. Okay. Okay. That's just how they talked. Yeah, it's how okay. they talk. It's King James language. Oh. I doubt very much they said suffer then. Oh, I, really? I don't know what. Yeah, it would be something akin to that. But remember, this was spoken of either in Greek or Aramaic. Um, so the word suffer is a King James word they used to represent whatever that Aramaic or Greek word was. Such a weird thing. You picture it being... Like suffereth. Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 Which drives me crazy of why when people... Do you like live depictions? Yes! <laughs> okay and obviously if that's the case we read this spiritually yeah, yeah. <laughs> the king james has had such a impact on how christianity is viewed it really has and there are people who come and join with us that that's all they'll read there are, there are people called king james onlyists but in the end it has as many issues as mm. do the other versions and i just say that's god saying look don't build your house upon that build it upon the zeitgeist, the spirit of what this is teaching you, not the literal words. What, what is the reason for choosing King James only as? What is the reason? They believe that that's the pure uh, original source of documents mm. to give us the true word, and that that came from 
just to make it really quick, mm -hmm. that's the Antiochian line of documents. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a second source of documents, the Alexandrian line, and it gives us different versions. Mm -hmm. So we have a version that comes from the uh, Antiochian and we have a version of Bibles that come from the uh, Alexandrian. Both from originating King James. No. No, oh, the King James oh, oh. is a product of what came from Antioch. Oh, oh, all right. And then the uh, the other versions are a product of what came from uh, Alexandria. What's like the main one from that line? Oh, like the NIV oh. is comes from the uh, Alexandrian line. Yeah. So that's why even within the faith, the Bible itself has divided us. Yeah. Yeah. That is so crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, the biggest question of this one, we're go this was a pretty long episode, but we're doing it. Um, Jesus' baptism. Spirit, Spirit of God then descended on him as a dove. Okay. Jesus came to fulfill everything of the Old Testament and it is fulfilled in and through his life. Okay. So uh, in the most basic sense, there people who would go in, who would be the priest to go into the Holy of Holies and would reign over them as kings, were washed with water and anointed with the Holy Spirit, which was symbolized by oil, mm. okay, in the Old Testament. Jesus comes when his time is to do the ministry and he is washed with water through the baptism mm. and he's anointed by the Holy Spirit that literally falls upon him. That's the first, um, um, that's the first application of this, okay? okay? The, the second application is Jesus was born of a woman and he came from heaven, uh, God with us, and we don't know anything about him for 30 years. Mm -hmm. That was his time of, of learning through obedience, learning through suffering the things, uh, learning obedience to the things he suffered. Okay. And what, sorry, but oh, just keep going. Sorry. So he shows up now and he's ready to enter in. Mm. Uh, and our life is reflective of that, that when we come to faith, we believe, come to faith, we are born from above like he was born in the cradle. Mm. You might be 28, 50 years old. Mm. And then we enter into a period where we prepare mm. and we disappear. We're not really doing anything because we don't know what to do, right? And then the time comes when God will bestow his Holy Spirit upon you mm. because you are truly one of his, all right? And that's why at that time, the God said from heaven, this is my beloved son. He's proven he's really my beloved son. That's what a voice says from heaven when Jesus is baptized, okay? With whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, who, with whom I'm well pleased. So God always refers to Jesus throughout his life as his beloved son uh, in whom I am well pleased. Why? Because he's moving through and he's doing the will of God. So at times, God, there's another time he'll say, this is my beloved son. But after the, he's descended upon him. Uh, yeah, after he's des descended upon doesn't him. Doesn't call him his beloved son before that. I don't believe he calls him his beloved son at, at the birth in any reference. No, mm. no. But the really important part, which is too far for us to get ahead to, mm. is begotten son. Oh. He never calls him that until after his resurrection. Oh, wow. Never. And there's a reason for that, but we'll talk about it when we get to his resurrection. Oh, okay. um, so what is he, what, his 30 years before he, the Spirit of God descends on him are like ours as believers. 
when we after we first come to faith. Okay. Yeah. Come to believe. Come to believe. Yeah. Not yeah. faith. Like, would, what would you equate? Oh, faith the or belief in our life. Either, either when you are moved to say, "I think I believe this." Okay. Yeah. yeah. And there, what, how you would describe the moment in our life that's equivalent to him having the spirit descend on him as going into ministry. Yeah. Or like, what does that really mean? Like showing love properly or. It can mean that for someone who doesn't go into ministry, they start there yeah. when the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Or if someone goes into ministry, it's when they're prepared to actually do the will of God instead of their own will. Because okay. when you're first, when you first believe you're yeah. still messed up, okay, right? So you're, doing the will of God. Yeah is how do you characterize yeah like that our anointing. version of okay yeah of the holy spirit and like knowing what that looks like and yes that takes maturity that takes growth in the word okay yeah. okay that makes a lot of sense i Good. didn't realize that okay well that was a really long episode it's okay sorry, sorry that but that was a lot to cover okay love you <laughs> That's terrible. Love yeah. you too.